0: hello hello welcome to yoga wellness money i'm amanda mortensen and today we are talking about a very pesky problem that starts with the letter p it is made of wood it is light as a feather and it multiplies it is paper So because I've dedicated September to Organization Month, because I think organization is the foundation to not only our health, but to our financial success, I want to dedicate today's episode to money. I mean, I'm sorry, paper. Paper is, money is made of paper, but we're going to talk about papers, papers that live on our kitchen counters, that live in our offices, that live in our handbags, that live in our cars, that live in our kids' backpacks, that live on our desks at work, we are just busting at the seams with paper. And there's no uh, escape because even Kramer on Seinfeld, who demands at the post office that he no longer wants to receive mail... I mean, it is completely, you know, he's like a heretic. Like, how dare he even try to not get such a part of our American heritage, which is to receive junk mail. That said, let's start with mail. So I treat mail like an absolute enemy. Like, you are not allowed to come in my house You are not allowed to exist on my counters. Uh, The minute mail is touched, it has to be opened. All of the fillers thrown away. This isn't even at my job. This is actually one that my husband signed up for. But you know, he takes all the fillers out. He puts a box on the front of a bill, writes the date that it's due, the amount that's due. And then it goes into my inbox. And then it's already just at a glance, I can tell what needs to happen with this particular piece of mail. Ads go straight in the garbage. Fillers go straight in the garbage. Uh, Envelopes that are stuffed in the envelopes to mail go in the garbage because we do online bill pay. Ads go in the garbage. Catalogs go in the garbage. Everything goes in the garbage. Now, one thing that can help with this mail problem And yes, I think it's a problem, (laughs) is you can go to ftc.gov and it tells you, and that's the Federal Trade Commission, and they will tell you how to get rid of all kinds of nuisances like calls, which do not call lists you can rely on, which do not mail lists you can rely on. Um, I did look up what they recommend for do not mail, and they recommend dmachoice.org. And that's D as in dog, M as and Mary, org, And apparently it's $2 for 10 years to be taken off of mailing list. I did sign up for one of these and I did notice, I don't think it was DMA Choice, but I found one on the internet and signed up for it. For all I know, I signed up for something that was going to sell my name and number and <laughs> have other people mail to me. But that didn't happen. I did notice that there was a decrease because apparently... These places spend a lot of money to send out brochures or ads, and if they can cut down their expense for by not mailing to people like me who puts it right from mailbox hand to garbage, then that saves them money as well, and it probably saves our environment. Now, of the papers we do keep, how do we organize those? And I get this question a lot well, how long should I keep my credit card statements? How long should I keep my mortgage papers or my tax returns? So I'm just going to go through a quick list. There are obviously exceptions to every rule, so if you feel that you should hang on to something longer, definitely hang on to it. But here's a general rule of thumb. This was put out by America's Credit Unions, and it is entitled, What to Keep and What to Throw Away. Number one are credit cards, receipts and statements. So they recommend keeping those for about 45 days until you have gotten the bill, reconciled it with your receipts, paid it off. and recommends a little bit longer if you've bought a big ticket item on them, because a lot of you know that if you buy certain items with a certain credit cards, they give you warranties or loss per protections. So you'll want to keep those longer. And the statements you want to keep the very longest if are the ones that contain tax things that you took as tax deductions. So if you have a small business or an at-home business and you have expenses related to that business and you put them on a credit card, you'll want to keep those credit card statements. That is one reason to have for sure a credit card dedicated strictly to your business so that you can just be keeping one particular card and not trying to find charges on different various cards. And hopefully you don't have a lot of cards. Number two are paycheck stubs. Those should be kept for about one year, and they should be kept until you get your W-2 and you can reconcile that they match. Now, the only exception I've heard to this is I do know of some policemen that were suing something about their pay, and they needed their individual stubs to show certain overtime and different things that they were or were not paid on and they didn't keep their uh, pay stubs. So it made it a lot harder and I don't think the employer, for whatever reason, hung on to them. But if your, your employment is pretty non-interesting and you get paid the same from month to month, go ahead and just get rid of those after a year after you get your W-2 and your taxes filed. The third one are retirement and savings plan statements. Now those generally should be kept also for one year. You know, you after a year, um, you know, you can check them. However, they do recommend keeping one statement at the end of the year for each of your retirement accounts until you either close the account, roll it over to another account. So one statement a year. So the end of the year statement, go ahead and hang on to that permanently or until you close the account. All right, the third thing. Wow, you didn't know podcasts could be so exciting. The third thing is bills. um, Keep bills for major purchases, cars, jewelry, furniture, and computers to show proof of their value in the event of loss or damage. So Some of those bigger um, bills or receipts should be kept indefinitely until you don't have the item anymore. For other bills, once you know the payment has uh, cleared your credit card and the return or refund period has elapsed, go ahead and toss that bill. House records, uh, you'll want to keep your purchase price information and the cost of permanent improvements as long as you have the property, and the b- purchase or sale of a property, you should hang on to those probably permanently. And also you'll want to hang on to any major improvements you do to your property, because in the case that you're trying to write down capital gains, so in other words, you bought your house for 200, you're selling it for 500, and you're going to have capital gains of 300. If you can find, and let's say you're single, and you're going to be able to keep 250 of it tax-free, but you made 300,000, after costs and expenses, let's pretend, then if you can show $50,000 invested into the property for improvements, you can uh, not have to pay taxes on that particular gain. So you'll want to keep those house records. Tax records, obviously, you want to keep them for seven years until the time for audit has expired. And IRA contributions, you'll want to keep permanently. Keep non-deductible contribution records permanently in case you need to prove you paid tax on the money when you want to withdraw it. So that is the long and short of it. Now one thing I have noticed is super helpful is there's kind of items that don't fall into those categories, but you feel like you want to hang on to them for a certain amount of time, but not forever. So I've also gotten very picky about what goes into my permanent filing cabinet. Obviously in there I keep... Rental and mortgage information for home, auto repairs maintenance, registration insurance, medical health exams and insurance, uh, warranties on household equipment, budget, credit card, bank account information, uh, personal items, very important legal documents, uh, legal judgments, uh, professional licenses. Things like that I like to see in my permanent file cabinet, but I have things that I'm dealing with that are like semi-active, so I'll have a file that's like to-do. So if something touches my hand and it's something that I have to do, I put it in a to-do file, not bills. I keep those more in sight, but this is stuff I need to do. It's not necessarily urgent, but it's an active thing that needs to be attended to at some point. I'll just put that into a general to-do file. And then I have another file that's temporarily keep. So when you get statements from your, what is it called? Uh, Your insurance company saying, hey, we paid this amount on your bill. You owe this amount. You know, you just want to hang on to that for a while. You may or may not need it. You might say, yeah, that seems right or whatever. But I tend to keep, hang on to those for several months. And then I'll go through my temporary keep file and stuff that's really stale really has no more relevance or the year has closed and passed, I'll go ahead and just toss all that, shred it. So the, two, the temporary file has been a lifesaver for me because I've noticed there's a lot of papers that I want to keep, but they're not going to be permanently kept. And I also keep a sort of a mini file of what goes in my master file cabinet. So I have, and if I walk over here because I'm actually in my office... My folder has subfolders, so the big brown one, the first file that's in here is work file, so things that are going back and forth between work or things from work that I want to hang on to. I have the to be filed file, which means it's stuff I'm keeping and just needs to be put downstairs in the master file cabinet. I have reference, so articles I've clipped or sewer reimbursement from the city Things that I'll want to reference later, I'll just put in a reference file that may or may not end up being permanently filed anywhere. I have a to-do file, so things that are sort of active. And then I have a uh, ideas miscellaneous file. So things that probably, who knows what that is. And then here's the temporary file. So... I have a file that precedes my downstairs big file, but it helps keep me organized. And I think there's a famous quote and I don't know who said it. I should have looked at it before I did this cast, but he said, You're only one manila folder and a marker away from being completely organized. So even if you do one file per child per project for a thing, you know, you can get organized in so time in no time. But the most important thing in organization is purging. So you want to make sure you just are getting rid of stuff. Like you're just, if it's no longer relevant, if it's expired, if, it, if you don't need it, if the time has passed, you will just discard it or shred it. There's a funny episode of, um, not an episode, but a podcast of people and their stuff, and how much stuff uh, the average American accumulates and keeps in their home. So it was interesting the interviewer, the sociologist, the researcher, they were studying her fridge, you know, how the fridge is kind of like the central focus. And she said, Yes, and these are pizza coupons. Oh, yes, and it looks like they expired two years ago. The most fascinating thing to me in watching that was that she left him there. Like in the moment that she's pointing out that these coupons that are under a magnet on her fridge have expired, she didn't actually just say, hmm, I'll take those right down and just throw them away right now on the spot. So just make sure you're not falling into those traps. Let's go ahead and just get rid of that paper, that stuff that sucks joy. Try to find some simple filing system that works for you. I am going to put my uh, big filing cabinet system on the website at yogawellnessmoney.com just so if you're looking for ideas of how to organize you know, a master system, this is the one I've used. It's worked for me for years and it probably just works for me because that's what I'm used to but let it be a springboard for you to figure out how to best do that. And the final point I want to make is the idea of touch it once. So when you get something in your hand, deal with it right in that moment. Try to only touch things once. Um, As a corporate attorney, I get a lot of paper, a lot of things that come through my office. And I have never been one to have a large stack in my inbox because I really try to, if I touch it, I deal with it. And obviously when we group things together, it's a little better. A lot of times touching it means I touch it once to figure out it's a bill. It needs to be in the bill stack and it's going to be attended to all at the same time. So I just, whenever we're spinning our wheels, a lot of times we're touching the same items over and over again and not just dealing with them. So try to start thinking on the phrase, touch it once, which means as you touch it, deal with it right then and don't put it off and don't let it pile up. So that's all we have for today. I wish you luck in your paper journey and getting your papers under control. And again, this is just another primer for getting ready to do our money and to get ourselves more financially and personally balanced. So I hope that you will take this challenge to kind of get the paper together, all your papers, and try to figure out a filing system and a shredding system and... Start working through that and being very, very uh, brutal, aggressive, ruthless in not allowing new paper to come into your house that's not necessary. So have a great day and I wish you well and remember to live simply, to have more, to do great things. I'm Amanda Mortensen and we'll talk to you soon.